Alidas Tour and Library Qualification Podcast with your host, Oskar Slotosch. Hello, my name is Oskar Slotosch and I'm answering all questions about tool qualification. And I'm Ivana Kuracic and I'll be questioning Oskar about tool confidence level in this episode. Let's dive right into it. What is the tool confidence level when we talk about tool safety? The tool confidence level is like uh, an, a safety integrity level, like an ASIL or SIL level. It determines the amount of risks that is coming from the tool and um, also it determines the, the measures that you have to do to reduce this risk. So when you have in the safety standard, you have a safety level, SIL or ASIL, um, that you need to reduce with some measures. The same is with the tool confidence level. If you have a tool confidence level that says the tool is critical, then you have to do something. So that's uh, the analogy of the tool confidence level. And how is the tool confidence level determined? Well, we determine it as it is uh, described in the ISO 26262. There it is written, it is a two-step process. First, uh, to determine the tool impact, TI. So if the tool has an impact, uh, then um, it should be analyzed further. And if it has no impact, then it's uh, not relevant. And the second step is to determine the TD, means the tool error detection of all potential errors that the tool might have. And this uh, combination of TI and TD determines the TCL. And the TI, the tool impact, is the impact it has on the output of a particular software? Yes, it is uh, um, the, the impact that it has to the system that you're building. So it might inject an, uh, an error into the uh, system. So, for example, by uh, compiling a correct program to a wrong executable. So this is definitely an impact that a tool can have. But it also can oversee an error uh, by, uh, for example, you test a correct, uh, you test a faulty program and you oversee the error that, and your test report and testing tool says everything okay. So those are the two uh, ways how a tool can impact the safety. And TD? Stands for tool detection. And um, you need to figure out um, all potential errors of all use cases. Um, and then determine the possibilities you have to detect those errors during tool usage. So um, if you generate code and you treat the generated code as manual written code, then you have a high detection probability because usually manual written code is uh, to be tested very carefully. But if you have a, a low or medium detection probability, um, then um, there is uh, more risk and you get a higher TCL. And in our next episode, we'll talk much more about tool detection. So if you would like to know details, stay tuned. Yes, there's something that we can already say about TD. So the TI is TI1, which means no impact, and TI2 means there is impact. And for TD, we have three classes. TD1 means a high detection probability, TD2 means a medium detection probability, and TD3 means a low or unknown detection probability. And from this TI and TD, uh, the TCL is computed. And this is a very simple schema. So if TI is 1, so meaning no impact, 
then the TCL um, is TCL1. And if TI is 2, meaning there is an impact, then the TCL depends on the TD. TD1 gives TCL1, TD2 gives TCL2, and TD3 gives TCL3. So the tool confidence level interacts with how you check for errors? This is how it is uh, defined. So one tool can have different tool confidence levels in different use cases. So one user might use a tool more carefully, uh, checking its output for errors, more rigorous and getting, uh, let's say, TCL1. And other users just trust the tool. And then the same tool has, has TCL3 for them. So that's uh, not a property of the tool, but a property of how the tool is used. And of course, um, the TCL has consequences. And if you have TCL1, um, you do not need to qualify the tool, but to work safely with the tool. And if you have TCL2 or 3, then you need to qualify the tool. And there are different qualification methods, um, let's say, recommended or prescribed from the ISO 262 that you can apply to gain the amount of confidence that you need. And we're talking about the ISO 26262, but that one in particular is a safety standard just for automotive industry. Yes, that is just for automotive industry, but other standards do in a very similar way. So they have also um, classes um, that determine the risks of the tool. So T1, T2, T3, for example, the IEC or criteria one, two, three in the DO standard. So that's very similar. But today we're talking about the tool confidence level, uh, which is a term from the ISO 26262. If you'd like to learn more about tool confidence level in ISO 26262 safety standard, where should we look? Well, that's a famous chapter. It's called 811. Um, uh, it's in the part eight, um, which is supporting methods and chapter 11. It's called confidence in the use of software tools. So it's not called compiler qualification or qualification of tools. It's just called confidence in the use of software tools. So it's uh, already aiming at this uh, confidence level. And you'll find there are uh, dozens of requirements and details there. So would it be simplest to just say we have TCL1, we make sure everything's all right, and then we don't have to qualify our tools? Yes, that is something that many people uh, think that this is a, a good TCL, uh, TCL1. But um, yeah, from one point of view, uh, it's a good TCL because you don't have the effort of qualifying the tool. But you also pay a price uh, for TCL1, and the price is you need to ensure that you detect all potential errors of the tool with a high probability. And this price can be high if it's uh, with manual work or much redundancy and things like that. So then you pay a high price for TCL1. Or if you are lucky, then you uh, find other clever strategies, let's say like redundancy or automated things, that you can reduce uh, TCL to TCL1 without spending much more effort and paying much more time. So it's really hard to say whether it's better to have TCL1, TCL2, or TCL3, because it all depends on how you use the tool and how you make sure that everything works as intended. Yes, uh, that's uh, exactly the... Let's say the price for the confidence consists of two parts. One is the part you spend during every application of the tool, and the other is the part you spend for tool qualification. And, um, well, if you apply a tool very frequently, um, then, of course, you should uh, say um, 
we don't want to have much costs for every application of the tool, we better spend a bit more for the qualification of the tool. But if you apply a tool just once a year, um, then it is maybe okay or either better acceptable to say, okay, we use the tool carefully and don't invest uh, uh, in qualifying the tool. So it would be a sort of sign of responsibility toward your tool if you as a provider make sure that it is qualified before it goes to a customer. Yes, so that is something you uh, tool providers can sell. So they sell the tool to the customers usually, and they can also sell the confidence by selling by providing a QKit uh, that can demonstrate that the tool is doing correctly. But if the tool provider doesn't qualify the tool when they provide it for a customer, and they could just say, well, we have a TCL1 tool, I'm sure we can detect all the errors perfectly. Is that something that happens in real life? Yes, of course, this is something that happens, but this is more wishful thinking and um, <laughs> uh, because uh, the, it is task of the tool user to determine the TCL and the tool provider might help by providing some hints, some mitigations, some safety guidelines to uh, come up with a TCL1 and then the tool user can decide whether he can apply those safety guidelines or not. But just saying our tool is TCL1 and therefore applicable up to AZLD is not very helpful um, because a tool has a task to fulfill. And if you say um, this task can't be fulfilled, dear user, check whether the tool has done correctly or not, then why does it use, does he need to apply the tool at all? So if he can trust it, if he cannot rely on this. So that's a bit, uh, TCL1 argumentation means like, don't trust my tool, it might be buggy. And um, <laughs> yes, uh, but um, that is something that people need to understand and the safety people, that's natural, but try to convince a, um, a sales per person who's selling a tool that saying TCL1 means we have a bad tool. Um, we don't know whether it's working or not. So it doesn't mean the tool is bad, but we cannot create the confidence that it's working. That's hard for them to understand. But uh, the benefit is also once they have understood the concerns of their safety relevant customers, they'll be able to create this confidence and also to sell the qualification kits and other things. So that's uh, a good business. There are um, many customers that think TCL1 is good because you don't need to qualify. And then they approach uh, TÜV and other certification authorities. Can you certify that my tool is TCL1? And they uh, said, well, we can certify everything. We are a certification authority. Uh, you can have it, but um, that's, don't you want to have a, a, a seminar on tool qualification before? Or, um, but that's something uh, really strange. And what does TCL1 certificate would mean? So TCL1 certificate would mean don't trust our tool. And um, I wouldn't pay money for certifying not to trust my tool. That's really the strange thing. So why do people do it? Yes, it's some, some, somehow a community. So other, other tool providers have also some certificates and similar ones. And then they might, they think, okay, we have a certificate. And um, then we also want to have such a certificate. Then we are like other 
uh, two providers in the same domain. So, for example, the hardware developing tools, um, this is a community where TCL1 is still thought to be a good thing. So everybody else has a certificate, we'll get a certificate too, it doesn't matter what it means, so long as we can stamp it on our product. Yes, that's something that uh, we want. And of course, uh, a certificate are a good thing. If you certify that this tool is uh, tool has a good qualification kit or that you can uh, trust the tool and uh, have process assessment or that's fit for purpose. So there are a lot of certificates that are uh, useful, but you need to look to the details. And the TCL1 certificate is something I uh, wouldn't pay money for it. And what is a fit-for-purpose certificate? Well, fit-for-purpose is, uh, um, uh, you can also say fit-for-use case. So the purpose is the use case of the tool. And um, uh, if you have a compiler that is, uh, has, or a code generator that has got a fit-for-purpose certificate, then the purpose describes um, the use case, how to use the tool safely. We had uh, seen a code generator uh, with a fit-for-purpose certificate saying if you test the generated code like manual one, uh, then the, the, the tool is um, certified. Which, uh, if you test the tool, the, the generated code like manual written one, then it's TCL1 anyhow, so it, this certificate is not big different from the TCL1 certificate. Validas. Safety for your tools and libraries. Contact us at www.validas.de and ask for a free strategy talk. A good example is a compiler. Usually a compiler is, is uh, uh, provided to compile source code into executables. But compilers can also do other things like uh, checking of programming guidelines and issuing warnings and analyzing the code. And this is just an add-on feature that most compilers have because um, otherwise they generate not correct code and they can warn the customer. Well, that's just an add-on feature, but the safety standards also require to use um, programming guidelines and code checking and static analysis and those things. And if you want to use your compiler for that purpose as well, uh, then it's a different use case and different uh, requirements and the question does it really issue all warnings uh, that it should is uh, a difficult one or a separate one where which is very hard to answer for the uh, tool user um, therefore they might go to their compiler provider and say can you provide evidence or test cases or QCrit that all that not only shows that the compiler is compiling correctly but it, it is also issuing the correct warnings this is a different task. Confidence level of a compiler depends on how to use uh, um, the compiler. And if you just use the compiler to compile the code, um, then you could argue, okay, we are testing the code and therefore it's TCL1. But this is not completely true um, because um, the compiler does more than uh, just transforming source code to executables. If you're testing uh, the, um, the executable on the source code level, you don't see everything that the compiler is doing below on the object code level. So just by testing on the source code level, you don't find all errors in the compiler. So the compiler would still be TCL3, even if you test the output of the compiler. 
Well, how to is it possible to get to TCL1 for a compiler? Uh, yes, in principle, yes, you could um, forbid the compiler to do any uh, um, to do any object code optimizations and those transformations, which some compilers might even not be able to do. But another way to come to TCL1 for a compiler is really to test uh, the generated object code, uh, not on the source code level, but on the object code level. And this is much work, but you can go through every statement in machine statement in the object code and say, have I tested this and this and this, and have I tested the conditions, the branches in it, and then you are um, at TCL1 for a compiler. And there are companies doing this uh, to be safe because they don't trust the uh, current compiler qualification or available compiler qualifications. And then they say, okay, we go through the object code and test uh, everything, uh, every statement there in order to be safe. Why wouldn't you, let's say you have a TCL3 for your compiler, so it's qualified. Why wouldn't you trust the qualification? Well, TCL3 doesn't mean it's qualified. TCL3 means it has to be qualified. And, um, well, if, there's a big difference because um, qualifying a compiler is really uh, uh, a challenge. And current qualification suites cover the language. So if you have a C compiler, there are qualification suites that cover the C uh, standard language. But they don't cover the optimization that the compiler is doing. Maybe 2 or 3% of it are covered. And, uh, well, some rules can be covered and, and some not. And this is really... Uh, a difficult thing. What does it really mean, the tool confidence level? The tool confidence level means the amount of confidence you need to a tool in addition to working with it. So when you work with a tool, you can say, yes, I'll uh, uh, just do what the tool is doing, but can you really trust it? And this is a question that is answered by the tool confidence level. How much extra confidence you need to work safely with a tool. And if you're working with a TCL1 um, tool, that is, you have a high detection probability of all potential errors, then you don't need much extra confidence because you'll find every error of the tool anyhow. But if you are trusting a tool and say, okay, I just uh, use a tool and don't check the output, then you really have a high uh, extra amount of uh, confidence into the tool. Thank you for listening and um, hope to talk to you again in the next episode on uh, tool detection, TD. And if you have any questions or you would like to find out more about tool confidence levels or safety of tools in general, feel free to email us at podcast at validus.de. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. And don't worry about qualification. Be happy with Validus.